0: hello there this is mark Bauerline with another conversation before we get to it a word about one of our sponsors you may have seen a recent article in InsideHigherEd.com that began, Wyoming Catholic College has a lot of unusual things about it, each enough to merit a story in itself. Wyoming Catholic is a conservative Catholic college that educates students in the great books and Catholic tradition. It also teaches horsemanship and bans cell phones on campus. I love that. And it turned down federal funding. President Glenn Arberry describes the mission this way, this college is engaged in deep ways with the agony of a culture that has lost its spiritual center. We're adventurous and poetic and deeply Catholic. He likes to cite Dostoevsky in Crime and Punishment. Low ceilings are bad for the soul. The ceilings rise at Wyoming Catholic, which is located in the foothills of the Wind River Mountains. The curriculum centers on the Western tradition. Its Catholic identity builds upon Thomas Aquinas and the magisterium of the Catholic Church and engaging with God in the wilderness. Find out more at wyomingcatholic.edu. We have with us Paulina Noyden. She has been with us before speaking about what was going on in Sweden. She's a journalist and publisher. She previously headed two uh, current affairs magazines in Sweden and was most recently the European editor at Quillette. Her commentaries have appeared in the New York Times, the Washington Post, Politico, the Jerusalem Post, and other places. She's going to give us the view of of Sweden in this age of pandemic and woke. Welcome Paulina, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me Mark. Well, first uh, you, you've written uh, a few pieces on this, but first tell us how the pandemic first appeared in Sweden and how people initially reacted to it.
1: Yeah, so the the pandemic hit. the first wave started uh, when we had uh, um, winter holidays in Sweden. A lot of people went to the Alps to go skiing, and they came back. And that was just when when Italy was uh, going in, into its its own crisis uh, when right. COVID hit Italy. So that's uh, that's when it started. And uh, Sweden famously did not impose uh, any lockdowns. Uh, we don't still don't wear face masks in Sweden. Most people don't. And uh, we've had um, almost 6,000 deaths in COVID-19, which is among the highest death rates in, in the world, among the 10, top 10 countries in the world. So we've fared about as bad as Italy and a bit worse than the U.S. in terms of per capita terms.
0: Yeah, I remember when, when Italy, Italy was the main story at mm-hmm. first. Uh, even in, in a way, even more than China, Italy was the story because it seemed to be happening so fast and hitting so many elderly people uh, in mm-hmm. Italy. Did did the rest of Europe look at Italy and say we do not want this to happen here? We've got to kick in and start making restrictions, closing things down. Was mm-hmm. was 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 the, was the Was the example of Italy very powerful for other European countries?
1: Definitely, definitely. And that's what most other countries did. Um, If you look at the Nordic countries, um, they all had their first deaths at about the same time. Um, So we have this almost perfect natural experiment where we we can look at our neighboring countries who did impose lockdowns and who did uh, did impose all these measures and their death rates are much, much lower than Sweden. We actually have more deaths in Sweden than in the other Nordic countries taken together.
0: What was the resistance to, say, wearing masks in Sweden particularly?
1: So according to the top experts at the Swedish Public Health Agency, uh, there isn't enough evidence uh, to say that masks are effective and they can even be harmful. That's their theory. Um, so, so they still don't advise people to wear masks, which, you know, um, if you listen to experts in most other countries, that's that's uh, a big
0: mistake. I remember Sweden became one of the international stories in mm-hmm. its looser approach to yeah. to the pandemic. Is there in Sweden any recriminations? About the leader, the leadership on this.
1: I I think, first of all, I think it's natural that people look to Sweden because people are desperately tired of social distancing and uh, uh, face masks and uh, lockdowns and so on. So people look to Sweden and think that maybe there's there's way around uh, there's a way around all these things and maybe we can have a freer, more relaxed approach to the virus and um, so I think it's understandable that people look to Sweden uh, as an alternative but it's and there's also a lot of fake news if you if you read about Sweden online you'll find a lot of fake news about how Sweden has been uh, more successful than other countries or that we don't have excess rates which is completely fake news. Um, but uh, there's a, I, I guess, a psychological need for, uh, you know, an alternative, a, another way around this.
0: I, um, I think I saw. Did did I see a piece in Reason magazine talking mm-hmm. about Sweden having achieved herd immunity long before everyone else, and that there will be. Did Did you see that?
1: I didn't see that article, but I I've I've seen a lot of these. Stories online, and if you listen to to the experts at the Swedish Public Health Agency, which is the which are the the experts in charge of the Swedish experiment, um, they underestimated the time it would take to reach herd immunity. And they also underestimated how what the cost would be in human life. So um, their message this spring was that we would have herd immunity in May in Stockholm. And of course, that didn't happen. We're, we're nowhere near to herd immunity.
0: Well you know in in the US, more than forty percent of the the deaths from the virus are the the elderly, the quite old. And so there, I mean, there were issues with nursing homes. and mm. it, did you get the same thing happening in Sweden?
1: Yes, that seems to be the pattern everywhere. Uh, that nursing homes are uh, hit very hard by the by the virus, and that's of course. Um, we we had this idea in Sweden that we could isolate the elderly, lead our lives pretty much as 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 usual, and then we would protect the elderly. And uh, it didn't play out that way. It's the same pattern here as everywhere else. That the people, there are a lot of victims in in nursing homes and. Among the elderly, because obviously you can't isolate one part of the population like that.
0: Right. Um, Yeah. Last time and you've written last time we spoke and that you you've spoken nationally, internationally and written about the immigration issues in Sweden. How has the pandemic altered immigration policy in Sweden, if at all?
1: Well, it reduced immigration for a while, but the Swedish government still sticks to its immigration policy, which, which uh, means that it, uh, there was a big debate a few months ago within the government whether or not to, to start to reduce uh, immigration. And, and um, uh, in the end, they decided not to, uh, not to change their policy. So we still have very liberal immigration laws uh, and a very liberal immigration policy. And at the same time, we have uh, we've, uh, we've entered a crisis uh, when it comes to crime, and there is a very clear link between immigration, failed integration, uh, and crime in 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 immigrant uh, segregated immigrant majority areas.
0: We'll 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 get to that, Pauline. But let me ask: Are the rates of the pandemic? Uh, cases and fatalities Mm -hmm. uh, higher in immigrant areas than elsewhere?
1: Yes. And again, it's the same pattern in Sweden as in many other countries. Uh, So it hit very hard very early on in the Somali community in Sweden and then in the Assyrian community.
0: So it's... um, Is the interpretation of mm -hmm. those higher rates in the media or in the government ever include uh, a factor of failure to observe social distancing rules, failure to be to show the kind of discretion that would help reduce the spread of the disease?
1: I think the reasons are very complicated. Um, the, there are many of these, many people live, living in these areas have jobs where they come in close contact with people. They can't work from home. If you drive a taxi, you can't work from home. If you work as a nurse, you can't work from home, and so on. So, uh, but there's also the factor of uh, bigger families, bigger gatherings, people living in, uh, together over the generations. But there was also the factor that there was a lack of information in, in uh, other languages at the beginning of the pandemic. That was definitely also a factor. Uh,
0: the crime issue. You you talked about it last time. The bombings has yeah. has the crime issue improved?
1: No, it hasn't. Uh, the chief of police actually last week he took an unprecedented step to to publicly state that we're in a um, crime is in a we have a very what did he say? He said extraordinarily grave situation when it comes to crime. He said he said that in a public statement. Um, if you look at many other countries during the lockdown, crime has declined, but that hasn't been the case in Sweden. So bombings this year remain at a level unseen in any other Western country. Shootings are at a record high in Stockholm. So, And then, then we've had a number of, um, of cases that have um, really shaken the Swedish public. There was a 12 year old girl in Stockholm who was killed in a gangland shooting two weeks ago. And you know, the interesting thing is I I saw an interview with this girl's friends on television, 12 year old girls, children, who were telling the reporter that we, for us, shootings is a part of everyday life. Um, One of these girls, she said, I hear gunfire almost every night from my bedroom window. And that's an entirely new situation in Sweden.
0: Paulina, who are the targets of the bombings?
1: So this seems to be uh, have to this seems to have to do with conflicts within criminal circles, but it could also be a matter of um, extortion. For instance, I go to you and ask you to pay money, pay me for protection, and if you don't, your
0: your there's an explosion at your house one night. The bombings are not political. No, for the most political. part they are but they are criminal part of criminal enterprises or gang rivalries things like exactly. that
1: but they're reaching a point where it's comparable to domestic terrorism and that's something that the the Swedish opposition leader Ove Christerson of the conservative party has said last week that we have to start comparing
0: this sort of crime to domestic terrorism has political correctness played a part in the policy failures here?
1: Definitely, definitely. Um, First of all, because for many years it was almost impossible to to talk about the link between immigration and crime and failed integration. Uh, We had, you know, when I grew up in in the 1980s, we, we didn't really have ghettos in Sweden in that sense we had some areas that weren't functioning 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 as well as the rest of as the rest of the country but you didn't have dangerous areas the way you do now and so this is a new situation and it's obviously a consequence of sweden's immigration policy and,
0: and you, you you don't you do not have public opinion building stop the immigration close the doors well, at least temporarily
1: um, but for many years, there was a gap between what the public thought about immigration, because the, mostly people, only a minority of Swedes, were ever in favor of this very, very liberal immigration policy that we've had for, for decades now. And there was a gap between the, um, what the public thought about this and what was possibly to say in public, impossible to say in public. Um, so uh, for many years if you said anything negative about immigration to Sweden you were branded a racist immediately Now things have changed after 2015 when when Sweden was forced in the end to close its borders or to uh, to at least change change its its policy in some ways but up until 2015 it was pretty much impossible to talk uh, to question this liberal immigration.
0: Is, you know, in the US, we've got this woke revolution mm-hmm. movement, the Black Lives Matter, people mm. in the streets. Is there a woke movement going on in Sweden right now?
1: Not to the same extent. We did have riots um, in Sweden after. Uh, for there, there was a Black Lives Matter protest uh, that um, uh, ended in in riots in Stockholm, where rioters actually tried to to storm the royal castle in Stockholm. But um, but it's not in any way close to what's what's going on in the U.S.
0: But now, now who who were the rioters? Who wanted to storm the castle? Were they? Were did they come out of immigrant populations, or are these more leftist, white leftist groups uh, who have the way some of the American groups have just this kind of anarchical resistance mentality?
1: I should say that it started as a just a peaceful manifestation, and it, it was clearly a small, small, very small fraction of this group that tried to storm the castle, but. But still, um, you know, I, uh, I don't know exactly who, who the um, demonstrators were. We, we don't have the same sort of purge uh, that's going on in the U.S. We don't have uh, violent protests at Swedish universities,
0: not now, at least. Right. Uh, actually, c- coming back to the pandemic, are the universities open now for, as, as the school year begins?
1: The um, 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 classes are are mostly online still.
0: And what about the public, the the elementary and high schools? Are those they're open,
1: and they're, they've been open throughout the pandemic, and that's one thing that seems to have been one thing that the Swedish government actually uh, didn't um, where they succeeded was that they didn't uh, close the schools, and it turns out that that was probably um it doesn't seem to drive uh the spread of the virus um mm-hmm. the schools don't seem to drive the spread of the virus so so that was a good thing that they remained open
0: okay so so back to the unrest you sent me a clip of yes. a demonstration going on in malmo with the chance of kaibar kaibar yah What what was mm-hmm. that event
1: there was uh right-wing extremist provocateur from from denmark a politician who wanted to come to an immigrant area in malmo in sweden to burn the quran which apparently uh-huh. he, he travels around europe burning the quran okay. and he he wasn't let into to malmo uh, but he uh, saw someone there, there was still a quran burning somewhere else and that sparked uh, riots in malmo um, and during those riots, uh, there were anti-Semitic chants of Hybar Khbar, which is a uh, which is a way of uh, threatening Jews violence.
0: Do you find the anti-Semitism coming from both sides in Sweden? Far right and far left?
1: Obviously, there is a far-right anti-Semitism, but the most um, but but you don't have far-right extremists. It's, if you ask Jews in Malmo why they have to have bulletproof glass in the windows of the of the Jewish kindergarten, or <clears throat> why they have have to have such um, take such extreme security measures, it's it's clear that it has to do with the, with the Islamist extremists in Malmo, mainly. Even though we do have a problem with with right wing anti-Semitism as well yeah
0: and and actually it's probably not quite correct to try to put extreme Islam as far left is that right to to characterize radical Islam as far left, given that radical Islam tends to be highly social conservative correct yeah,
1: yeah. yeah it's a yeah it's a, an entirely different thing yeah but
0: um, yeah yeah uh do you do you hear talk? Do you hear talk in Sweden that assume the widespread existence of systemic racism? Is that a term you often hear in Swedish discussions?
1: Definitely systemic ra- racism. But but then you have when you have something like Malmö happen, where you have actually people rioting in the streets and chanting anti-Semitic chants or just racist chants against a a Swedish minority, you don't see any protests. Uh, We don't have riots in the streets, we don't have rioters trying to storm the castle. So there's something there that I I don't quite understand, how, how racism in the US can cause these enormously strong reactions in Sweden, but not racism in Sweden.
0: <laughs> well, the the uh, double think is not as as ho- I've I've come to realize double think is not as as difficult as, mm. as as it sometimes seems to do. So, do you do you have in Sweden a quote cancel culture like we have in the United States?
1: Not in the same way. No. No, we don't. It's um, Sweden is a very um a consensus-driven culture, right? So people tend to—it's—it's it's difficult to express a different opinion, like we talked about when it comes to immigration, for instance. People were—were were, for a long time people were bullied if they uh, tried to voice a different opinion. The same thing happened during uh, during the pandemic, by the way. If the, the there was a group of researchers who tried to question the Swedish policy when it came to corona and they were also bullied in question and but but it's it's in a different way it's not cancel culture the way you have it in the united states it's more it's more a matter of um, collectivism bullying it's a different kind of phenomenon i'd say
0: okay okay and and you you argued again when i saw you give a talk here in the states that a national identity, a good nationalism, can actually reduce racism, ethnic prejudices, biases. What? How does na- how does that good nationalism make that happen?
1: Well, in this, I come from a country where nationalism is a bad thing. It's it's never used in a as a positive term. It's always negative. And I think that if Sweden had um, had welcomed immigrants with a certain sense of national pride and say that you're now part of a, a fantastic country and a great culture and uh, we we um, uh, we want to include you in our national project, then we would have seen a completely different outcome. And now we have this... Um, we see, instead, we have these... Growing areas of social exclusion where people are, uh, where unemployment is high, welfare dependency is high, crime is high, people don't speak Swedish um, um, to a large extent, and where people don't feel part of Swedish society. Uh, they live in Sweden, but they're not part of Sweden in uh, in any reasonable way, and. Um, I think that's a very big mistake to have to pair large-scale, pair large-scale immigration with a sense that uh, nationalism is bad, patriotism is bad, our country is something to be ashamed of, our culture is silly, if we even have a culture. I don't think those 2 uh, that, that thats a very um, dangerous combination.
0: Pauline Annoying, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you, Mark.